fellow Star Wars nerds, and welcome to Unlimited Content, the podcast where two brothers talk about all of Star Wars TV and film in chronological order on the internet as an excuse to hang out more. We're your hosts, Sam and Jack, and this week we are talking about none other than the Clone Wars movie. Jack Ford, how the heck are you? I'm doing better now that I'm on this podcast, mm, as usual. Yeah, I'm with my brother, my brother Sam. Yes. Yeah, not Max. Just me. My only brother. My only, my, my yeah. only one. Oh, man. What's going on, Jack? What have you been up to? Uh, Mostly Zelda. Mostly Zelda, to be honest. Dude? <laughs> uh, yes. Same. Not as much as I would like to be up to Zelda, but I have been up to Zelda. My, my copy got delivered a day late. So we're recording this right now. It is, what is it? The, sixth, the 15th. Monday, May, Monday, 15th, May 15th. Yeah. Letters of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom came out on Friday. My copy got delivered on Saturday. I played it for only like two hours and then went to bed. And then it was Mother's Day and I didn't play it at all on Mother's Day. And then I played it a little bit today. So I've only played like, I've only like beaten like the, the main tutorial part. And yeah, yeah. now I'm starting to get into like the real story mode. But oh. dude, this game's so much fun. Yeah, yeah. I would love to talk more about it once we get into kind of our, our uh, what we've been watching and playing and whatnot. Just yes. get your year. Your overall first impressions and stuff, because I'd, I'd love to talk about it. Yeah. Um, but before we get into that, um, we have a, a sponsor <gasps> to pay for all our many bills. Unlimited uh, bills. Unlimited. It never ends. They never end. The bills uh, never end. <laughs> this week's episode of Unlimited Content is brought to you by Canto Bike Casino and Resort. Now until July 4th, see special musical guest Figrin Dan and the Modal Nodes. Figrin Dan and the Modal Nodes. Oh, man. Yeah. They're my favorite jizz artist. <laughs> yeah. They're they're the only jizz artist you you want to listen to, right? That's, it's, that's true. They're, uh, they're masters of jizz. They are masters of jizz. So we are not speaking inappropriately. I promise. In Star Wars, <laughs> well, the, music is I, just called jizz. That's what it's called. Yeah. That's George Lucas is being weird. The, the, yeah, the the jazz music that they play, like in in the can the cantina in the original Star Wars movie, all that music. It the, canonically it's called jizz. Um, J i z z. It's not a. It's not us. It's it's George it's Lucas. It's them being nasty. It's All George right. Lucas. <laughs> it's just it's a genre of music. Just just jazz from Star Wars. So yeah, I don't. Whose idea? Who on earth? I blame. Like, I blame old Georgie Poo, whose birthday was like two days yeesh. ago. Oh, happy belated birthday, Georgie Poo! Indeed. <laughs> Indeed. I don't know why I called him Georgie Poo. Feels weird, but right. You know, what? Know. it's it's a it's endearing. It is endearing. Know? Like. Hopefully someday we'll have him on the podcast and we'll call him Georgie Poo constantly and we we'll be like, don't call me that. Yeah. <laughs> I think we just sealed our fate into never having him on the podcast. <laughs> no, it was we had such a good chance of having we him did. on the podcast and now we ruined it. No. Oh, man. Well, Sam, before we get into our uh, main segment and everything, do you want to talk a little bit about what you've been up to this week? What have you been watching, reading, playing? Obviously, we'll talk about Tears of the Kingdom. For sure. But before we get into that, you want to talk about whatever else you've been into lately? Yeah. So I, yesterday or the day before, I can't remember, I finished the Revenge of the Sith novelization. And let me just mm -hmm. say, it's a work of art. It's so good. Yeah. Like, it's not not just, like, it's cheesy Star Wars, because it's not really, it's really not that cheesy, like, as far as, like, because it's, like, what if you had the exact same story as Revenge of the Sith, but the writing was fantastic? Like, that... <laughs> Excellent. Like, that's uh -huh. what it is. And it, it, like, the whole thing, like, you get to see different characters' points of view, um, which it's cool to get to see, like, a Darksiders point of view throughout a lot of this. Like, you get to see a lot of Dooku, you get to see a little bit of Grievous, um... You get to see Palpatine a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. um, but it's just like the whole thing is like it's just you're watching Palpatine groom Anakin this entire time. He starts off at the beginning of the movie, at the beginning of the book, like very like upbeat and fun and just kind of like that that boyish charm that he has um, like mm -hmm. throughout the Clone Wars. And then... um as it kind of progresses, you see him, you, you experience him diving deeper and deeper into the anger and the hate, um, and just kind of turning very much inward. And you get a lot of like inner dialogue of what it is like from his point of view to turn to the dark side. Um, interesting. Yeah, it is really, that's cool. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of just like really good dialogue. Like they take like, uh, deleted scenes from the movie and they're in the book. 
um mm-hmm. like when um oh shoot i forgot but there's like like oh you get to see like the scenes with mon mothma that were deleted scenes mm-hmm. from the movie so mon right, mothma right. Had, so like 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 the beginning of the rebellion yeah. happens during mm-hmm. the events of like like the the four main senators that like kind of form the rebellion you get to see a couple scenes mm-hmm. of them meeting um and they also have this mm-hmm. whole apparently there were 2000 senators that like signed a basically like a decree um basically begging palpatine to to like revoke his emergency powers and as soon as he like ascends to the empire he kind of treats it as a hit list um and just like these are like enemies of the state and like it's Mm -hmm. it's wild well that's cool yeah man i want want to read this now it sounds really interesting it's good and like the yeah the the audiobook version is really good um because it's it's Mm -hmm. it's i mean it's just one reader doing all the voices but it's like an audio drama with like you get like the john williams score and stuff it's odd they don't have they don't have music for episode three which is kind of weird um because they have maybe it came out before i think maybe maybe the novelization came out before the movie it might have come out before the movie or it came out like while the movie is still like they produced them both simultaneously and didn't sure have time to hand over the music so then because they played (laughs) duel the fates during the anakin and obi-wan final like lightsaber duel part yeah like i was like this is for episode one why am i hearing this now (laughs) but it's fine because like in other star wars ones they have like the right music at the right times and that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. um so it's cool i highly recommend it to anyone i know our cousin cal he saw that i posted somewhere that i was reading it and he's like dude this is like one of the best or no he, he responded to uh to our last episode that we posted that i said i was starting the book and um he's like dude it's like one of the best star wars books i've ever read in my life and cal i 100 percent agree it's so good so oh cool it's very yeah. good well yeah no I, I definitely have to <laughs> i definitely have to read it yeah yeah that's cool but yeah but that's cool that they have the uh the mon mothma stuff in there because yeah i think genevieve o'reilly was like cast for revenge of the sith and they recorded scenes with her and then she didn't they, they cut those scenes so she didn't end up in the movie uh, right maybe she was like in the background of a scene or something but like i don't think she had any speaking yeah i'm not sure but then it was cool that they were able to bring her back later for for rogue one now and or and stuff that, that, yeah. that was a cool sort of story there. yeah i love that continuity there with with the same like it's cool that they have genevieve riley in all those like it's just it's great it's, i love it mm. it's the best yeah. i love it best. yep is it another natural oh yeah dude else? i am yeah i'm full of natural libre quotes uh, but yeah, so I finished reading that, and I started reading this other book called The Ministry for the Future. It's a, like, a sci-fi novel set, like, five years from now uh, about climate change. And about, like, Ooh. about this, uh, the UN establishes a, what's called a Ministry for the Future after there's, like, this huge heat wave that, like, kills off, like, 10% of India's population and like India okay. just kind of like has had enough and they kind of like they I don't know I'm only like 5% of the way through the audiobook but they're like mm-hmm. um, they kind of start to like go renegade and take the nuclear option against climate change um, mm-hmm. and it's like it was it's the back of the book kind of like described it as like um, a hopeful science fiction of what could be our future um that's cool yeah and it came out in 2020 and uh it was actually on like barack obama's like top books of 2020 or something of the year list of the year okay, for 2020 yeah, cool. yeah. um uh-huh. so I was like oh cool i'll check that out. i forget where i heard about it but like it's so far it's pretty mm-hmm. good it's like pretty dark but i mean they're kind of just like i'm only again only five percent and they're just kind of like setting mm-hmm. the stage of like how dire this is and like they're like really mm-hmm. taking like a like a kind of like a ground level like how does this affect like the poorest of the poor in the world um how does this kind of like mm-hmm. yeah how does this affect them and then also like and a top-down approach as well like one of the main characters is the the like the person from the un in charge of this ministry for the future um mm-hmm. and so it kind of like plays both sides and there's like uh Doctors Without Borders, doctors in there that are, like, in India on the front lines working this, like, heat wave and stuff. It's So it's really good. Um, I'm liking it so far. Yeah, so mm-hmm. reading that, and then Tears of the Kingdom. 
That's all I'm doing. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's really all I have to talk about this time too. Is is the kingdom? Yes. <laughs> so yeah, I, I, I uh, yeah. So basically, since it came out, since I got it, uh, I got, I picked it up from Best Buy the day of. Actually, me and me and a few friends went and because we we all like happened to pre-order it from the same Best Buy and we we just all went and got nice. it at the same time. So that was fun, nice little outing. Um, and uh, yeah, I've been basically any free time that I have where I'm not like eating food. I am playing Tears of the Kingdom. <laughs> you know? Good. It's man. Uh, I well, I, I want to hear what what, what are your. Uh, I mean, you're not very far in, but like, right. Spoiler free. I, I, yeah, I think let's talk about it for a little bit, but just like you know, in general terms. So like, for you so far, what do you think of it? Are you enjoying it? How do you feel about it in comparison to Breath of the Wild? Things like that. So, what are you thinking? I. I love it. It's fun. Um, I am like, I might have overhyped it for myself a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, sure. Like, because it's just like, it's like exactly like Breath of the Wild, but like with a ref- with refreshed graphics and new mechanics and stuff. And I keep like pressing mm-hmm. the wrong buttons to activate like what was Yoshika Slate on, like like the uh-huh. this game's version of Yoshika Slate. Like it's it's usually like the L trigger or something. Or no, it's like you're up on your like the up on the D pad. To like mm-hmm. switch which like thing you're doing, like whether you're doing like mm-hmm. magnesis or whatever. The this version's game, mm-hmm. they they changed the like the controls of how you do yeah. that, and it's throwing me off it's L big now, time. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So now it's L, and you're using like your your the other joystick or whatever. So that's throwing me off, but it's fun. Um, I'm loving it. It's a lot of fun. My so like the tutorial of the game takes place up in the sky, which is cool, and then. Yes. After about like a, it took me like a couple hours to finish through that. I was and I was just taking my time going through the that tutorial. Yeah, yeah. But once I got down to the ground, uh, there's a couple of times where you could like you get launched up and you can airdrop down. I won't spoil how that yeah how yeah. that happens. Mm-hmm. But the first time I did that, uh, I was just like, ooh, that's a cool looking open field, and I like glided down into it, and there was a Lionel right there, and it was very scary. <laughs> amazing yeah for those of you that that don't know uh <laughs> who don't play play the zelda um a lionel is a it's like a centaur basically but like super uh muscly and intimidating and has like a lion's mane it's basically like the most powerful like non-boss enemy in the game and when you encounter one it just comes after you and it's they're terrifying they're <laughs> very difficult to, to beat um yeah, so I I, <laughs> I, yeah. I understand your uh, yeah. I, I had a similar thing happen when I was exploring and like, <laughs> I like walked in a direction. I was like, oh, I was kind of in a dark area, and I was like, oh, what's that? And I like used my scope to like zoom in, and I saw the Lionel, and it like looked at me, and I was like, oh no, oh, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> and and so the beginning- I was like, okay, I'm leaving. Yeah. I, and I started running. I was like, okay, I, I think I lost it, and then it like just decks me from behind and I go flying, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So, anyway, yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, I, I, I totally get what you mean by, like, you kind of feeling you overhyped it for yourself in a way, like, because yeah. it's... It is very, like... I will say I think it gets better. Because I, okay. I, I yeah. played... Because I, yeah. I haven't gotten I to any of, like, the main story part yet. Like, because, mm-hmm. yeah. like, there's... There's a tutorial and then you kind of, like get sent off on your initial mission. And then I think mm-hmm. after that initial mission, you like, f- like start the actual like real story part. I haven't gotten to that yet. I'm still on like on the initial gotcha. mission yeah, once you hit the ground. So yeah, yeah. that's probably why I'm like, this game is just like, it's a slow burn to like get started. I'm sure like everyone yes, I've talked that's... to who like has played more than me has said like, it's the best game they've ever played in their life. And I'm like, I'm just not <laughs> there yet. And it's like, and I only yeah. have like maybe an hour or two a day to play it. Uh, just because sure, yeah. I have work and other obligations and I'm a parent and <laughs> so Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I've only had it for three days. Yeah. So that's that's that too. So Indeed. Yeah. Um But I've I've loved every second I got to play it. But yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Um yeah, so that that was kind of my my initial impression was like I thought that the like opening hour when they kind of introduced the the main gist of the story and introduced kind of some of the new mechanics and concepts, that was all really exciting to me. Mm-hmm. And then once I got done with the the opening soil area and got down to the surface like to to regular hyrule there was a while where i was like oh this is uh this is just 
this is just Hyrule again. This is, you know, I've been here. It, you know, yeah. it, 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 for, for a bit, I was like, okay. I mean, I'm, I'm enjoying it, but it, it's, it, it doesn't feel as like special or as exciting as I was hoping it would. And then I played for a little while longer and I started discovering other things, new things. And like, it's, it, I, I would, I would love to talk more with you about it off, off mic eventually when you, when you see some of this stuff. Cause there's, yeah. there's some new, ideas and new areas that like are like i I was worried it was going to feel too similar to breath of the wild but now that i've played it for a while i'm like oh no this is this is amazing i love this and there's so much more here that i didn't realize was here and yeah so i i I agree with what you said about it being kind of like a slow burn to start like it 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 definitely feels like it takes a while to kind of get its footing and and feel like it has momentum and everything but Mm. once you like get past kind of the first few hurdles you get past the tutorials you get past kind of getting the story rolling you'll start to discover more stuff and it just gets it's super cool it's anyway uh i'm i'm way far from you know completing it obviously like yeah you know only had it for a few days yet you know i've I've played it more than you obviously but even so it's like this is this is a massive game just like the first game um i think i think this game's pro i mean like like physically speaking, in terms of like the amount of explorable stuff, it is significantly larger than mm-hmm. Breath of the Wild. And Breath of the Wild was already a massive game. Yeah, that's my impression as well. Yeah, it's it's pretty dang amazing, yeah. and I've been enjoying it a lot. So, yep. One one other thing I noticed, and I I don't think this is a spoiler in any way, uh, but just like sure. we were talking earlier, or like last time we talked about how like. This is kind of the Majora's Mask to Breath of the Wild being Ocarina of Time. Um, and, like, mm-hmm. in thinking of that, um, in the beginning of Majora's Mask, there's, like, if I remember correctly, there's, like, a part where you're jumping on lily pads. And like, in, like, mm-hmm. part of the, kind of, like, the opening, like, tutorial uh, part. And there's yeah, a lot yeah. of lily pads uh. in the beginning of this game. And I was like, huh. I wonder <laughs> if that was intentional. That, yeah. It's deep. So. Yeah. Yeah. That was like, ooh. That's, that's kind of cool. Because yeah. Zelda, like, especially yeah. Breath of the Wild likes to call back to previous games and... There's, like, yes. all sorts of landmarks yeah. that are named after, like, things that happened in previous games and characters that, like, make yes. Yeah, almost, almost every, like, location, like, like a a fort or a, a mountain or or wherever, like, most of them are have some reference to something from a previous Zelda game, which is cool. Mm-hmm. It's, just, it, it, it's cool how, like, they uh, are able to kind of pay tribute to a lot of different Zelda games across the whole spectrum without, you know, necessarily having to you know it's 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 a nice little bit of fan service you know that's that's cool but yeah i'm enjoying it a lot so far and uh yeah i i put in at least 250 hours into breath of the wild and i and that was i never actually 100 percented it like I, I think i got every like i went to every uh shrine i did every shrine mm-hmm. and stuff and did like obviously all the major main quests and stuff and a bunch of the side quests but i never did all the side quests but i feel like after playing this for a while, like, I mean, obviously it, it remains to be seen, but I feel like I might end up 100%ing this game. Like, other than, like, I don't think I'm going to get all the Korok seeds because that's insane, but <laughs> yeah, the Korok seeds, it's not, the Korok seeds are not designed to be able to <laughs> get all of them. Um, I don't know yeah. if I, <laughs> do you know what happens in Breath of the Wild if you get every Korok seed? Don't you, doesn't it just be like, hey, you did it. Good for you. That's kind of it. <laughs> Basically. So, <laughs> yeah. So you get every, if you collect every Korok seed, and you go to Hestu, he's like, oh, good for you. Congratulations. Here's a gift. And he gives you a golden poo. A golden what? Yes. He gives you a poo. A poo? A little pile of poo that's gold. <laughs> it's, I think it's called Hestu's gift or something. And it's just, just a little, little like, poop emoji kind of thing? Like, it Basically, it just, yeah, <laughs> it just sits in your inventory as like a signifier of, hey, you did it. But it's also, <laughs> I feel like it's like a, you know, the the developers being like, Okay, I mean, you you weren't really supposed to get all of them, but I mean, good for you, I guess. <laughs> so it's kind of like poking fun at the player almost. That's but yeah, hysterical. That was that's amazing. Yeah, um, but yeah, I am very much looking forward to playing more of this game and talking more about it with you. Yes. Noise, noise, noise. Jack, anything new happening in Star Wars in the world of Star Wars? Um. The other thing I can think of is uh, kind of continuing on the uh, the Writers Guild strike, which is still going on. Yes. Um, uh, Tony Gilroy, the showrunner for Andor, and I think lead writer, one of the 
the lead writers at mm-hmm. least um has recently uh stopped all like work on the show like he stopped he stopped writing for it for a while ago but he also has stopped all of his producing duties and stuff and he's like stepped away and been like yeah i'm I'm not going to be doing anything on andor until yeah uh you know un- until <laughs> the strike is over and, and the writers get paid their fair share you know as they should which is cool like so if there are any uh hollywood executives out there that are fans of andor um maybe you should pay your writers better and then you'll get the next season faster. <laughs> just, yeah. a, just a thought for yeah. all of you Hollywood billionaire executives who are listening to our podcast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> pay writers what they're <laughs> worth. You know. Give them their proper yeah. residuals from streaming. Yeah. And maybe don't, and don't use AI. That'd be great. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, uh, obviously still looking forward to, to Andor season two. This will probably delay it a bit, but you know what? It's, it's fine. Obviously worth it. You know, yeah. like, yeah, it's we uh, have unlimited content. We'll be okay. We have unlimited content. Yeah, we'll exactly. Get, we will get to Andor season two when Andor season two is ready to get to us, and that's yes. fine with me. And, and, and props to Tony Gilroy for for sticking to his his guns on this. You know, yeah, that's cool. Do we know if it's going to delay Ahsoka at all? Because Ahsoka is in post production, right? Yeah, Ahsoka would be in post production because it's yeah comes out in like two it, months. It's already been shot and everything, so I don't think there's there's any reason why it would be delayed. Yeah, great, fun, fun. That that should be fine. Yeah. So that's that. Um, Indeed. Any things we need to get to from last week? Unfinished business. I don't think so. Do you have anything you wanted to say? Nah, dude. Any, any, uh, just like <laughs> any thoughts in your mind you wanted to share with the people? Apropos of nothing. I mean, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Well, with that, let's go on to a We're leaving that part in, right? All right. <laughs> obviously nice dope all right yeah you guys Um, have to deal with us cool our super professional podcast yes professionals right here uh yeah uh with that we'll move on to our main segment where we'll be discussing the star wars the clone wars theatrical film contact with General Kenobi. Kidnapped. Jabba the Hutt's son has been. Negotiate the treaty with Jabba. Obi-Wan will. Find the renegades that hold Jabba's son. Your mission will be Skywalker. Red light, stand by. Soon the Jedi will not only be at war with you, Count, but the Hutt clan as well. They have nowhere to run. Fall back! You're in trouble! Sam, where in the timeline does this film take place? 22 BBY, as the last, like, six things have taken place. Yeah. Yeah, so this is a, it basically, the plot of this is a, I mean. It's, we're still we're still on Christophsis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, it is a continuation of the Christophsis uh, storyline, basically, is how it starts. Um, so yeah, Sam, do you want to walk us through a, a basic timeline of this episode? Or actually, do you want to do the, uh. Dude, I have to do the Wikipedia thing. Like, I gotta, I gotta do yes. the, the intro. <clears throat> oh, man. I always, feel, I always have to, like, get myself all all, all ready for this. Because it's, it's a whole thing. <clears throat> sit up, gotta, gotta crack your knuckles, clean your throat, get ready. There we go. <clears throat> a galaxy divided! Striking swiftly after the Battle of Geonosis! Count Dooku's droid army has seized control of major hyperspace lanes, separating the Republic from the majority of its clone army. With few clones available, the Jedi Generals cannot gain a foothold on the Outer Rim as more and more planets choose to join Dooku's Separatists. While the Jedi are occupying, occupied fighting a war, no one is left to keep the peace. Chaos and crime spread, and the innocent become victims in a lawless galaxy. Crime Lord Jabba the Hutt's son has been kidnapped by a rival band of pirates. Desperate to save his son, Jabba puts out a call for help. A call the Jedi are cautious to answer. 
dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Gosh, that, it's like doing that voice and like just kind of like reading that cold i didn't i don't like read this beforehand i just like pull it up and start reading uh it's yeah it's a lot so i trip over my words a lot so you good people just have to deal with it yeah um, Maybe one of these days I'll, I'll i'll try my hand at the uh mm, the impression okay. the, the admiral yularen impression admiral <laughs> wolf yularen wolf what a good name great name Great right, name. Uh, do you want to give us a, a basic rundown of, of the story of this situation? Yeah, so the synopsis is... Oh, it's not that long. Okay, I'll, I'll just read the synopsis. So the film, the film begins with a narrative explaining the state of the Clone Wars. The Separatists control the majority of the hyperlanes, leaving the Republic forces stranded in different parts of the Outer Rim. An octopus-like craft heads for Tatooine, which that, that spaceship, super cool, by the way. That was the coolest ship I've seen so yeah. far. An octopus-like craft heads for Tatooine, to capture Jabba the Hutt's son, Rata, as part of a plan to make the Hutts join the Clone Wars. Meanwhile, a fierce... Did we know his name? Did, did they mention his name at all I in the episode? I don't think they did. It... No. That uh, must be something we learned later in another episode It must be, because they just call him Stinky the whole time. <laughs> they just call him Stinky. Yeah. <laughs> Which is hilarious. Anyway, yeah. Uh, so meanwhile, a fierce battle is taking place on the crystalline planet of Christophsis between the Republic's very limited clone army and the Retail Caucus Forces. Retail Caucus Forces? Is it just the Trade Federation? What's the Retail Caucus? What is the Retail That's what it's called! <laughs> Opening That's with... amazing. Okay, yeah, alright. The, uh, the Strip Mall Forces. I'm going to dive on this. Retail Caucus is a corporate entity that existed in the final years of the Galactic Republic and was based on the planet Kirkodia, a wealthy but smaller organization that, was, that competed with the likes of the Commerce Guild and the Corporate Alliance. Caucus was one of the myriad corporate entities attracted to the command structure of the Confederacy of Independent Systems by Count Dooku's promises of unlimited pursuit of profits. Like its fellow corporations, the Retail Caucus reinforced the Confederacy's growing military with its private droid army, which includes LR-57 combat retail droids. The Retail Caucus. I hadn't, I, no, I just thought it was the Trade Federation because they're the ones with the battle droids, but apparently That's the Retail Caucus is something else. Re see, retail Caucus sounds like a, like, a, a poor like google translate version of the trade federation it does <laughs> it's like they, they translated to japanese and back to english <laughs> it's amazing mm -hmm. okay so that's kind of setting the scene that first paragraph of the synopsis was basically just the the opening scroll thing so yeah. with the help of obi-wan kenobi anakin skywalker rex and cody the clones steadily advance on the separatist forces gaining the republican early victory this victory doesn't last long, though, as a droid army under General Loathsome, hilarious, soon... <laughs> Amazing. I love Star Wars villain names, because they are just, like, so on yes. the nose, and it's the best. Amazing. It's so, excellent. Yeah, I love it's, it. It's one of my favorite things about Star Wars. General Loathsome and Savage Opress, and, yep. you know... <laughs> uh, incredible. So good. All right. Uh, General Loathsome soon returns for more bloodshed. With no communications or the ability to fly in reinforcements, the fate of the few remaining clone soldiers are in the hands of Obi-Wan and Anakin. A shuttle soon comes with an important delivery. Thinking it's reinforcements, the Jedi go to investigate, only to find a young Padawan named Ahsoka Tano. Ahsoka! Ahsoka! Who insists that she has been sent by Master Yoda to serve as Anakin's Padawan. Um, which they had kind of, in, in, sidebar, they had been talking, Anakin and Obi-Wan had been talking about uh, that Obi-Wan is expecting to get a new Padawan now that Anakin is a Jedi Knight. Um, mm -hmm. And Obi-Wan was kind of just like gently ribbing Anakin, like, you'd make a good teacher. Like, you should take a Padawan. And Anakin's like, no way in hell am I doing that. Meh, meh, meh. It's only going to hold me back. <laughs> and then five minutes later. <laughs> and then like the immediate next scene, Ahsoka shows up and she's the most, like, this is peak obnoxious Ahsoka. She gets like more and more like normal <laughs> and mature and like reasonable. But she's just like trying to be a show off and trying to be a teacher's pet all yeah. at the same time. Um, yes, this is this is young Ahsoka, sass master Ahsoka. Indeed. Yeah. Snippy Ahsoka or Snips, as Anakin calls her, um, which he like comes up yeah. with a pet no, name for no. her like immediately, which is. Yes. Which is great. <laughs> it, I love how like one, there's one moment where he, he says where he calls he says, don't get snippy with me. And then the from then on for the next seven seasons, he calls her snips. Yeah. <laughs> like focus on that one moment. Yep. It's excellent. Yes. 
All right, so Ahsoka Tana, who insists that she has been sent by Master Yoda to serve as Anakin's Padawan. The battle resumes, with Separatist forces advancing behind an expanding shield, which the Republic's artillery is unable to penetrate. Tasked with taking down the deflector shield, Anakin and Ahsoka succeed in penetrating enemy lines using all their stealth, cunning, and ability to improvise, while Obi-Wan stalls for time, holding a fake surrender negotiation with Loathsome, which isn't a fake surrender like technically a war crime. I was I was gonna think I was I was like I think this is the first war crime we see is like yeah like I literally I well I, so like I literally during that scene I was like is that a war crime so I googled it and I couldn't find anything in, in like the Geneva Conventions after like skimming it yeah but like surely that's a war crime right surely that's like you can't do that it's like contrary <laughs> to like I feel like at least like the what's traditionally accepted as like acceptable warfare tactics mm-hmm. it's like yeah but at, also at least a lowbrow move. Yes, but but also, I mean, it, it's war. Like, sure. Oh, the idea of war crimes is almost kind of silly to me because it's like, yeah. To quote the West Wing, all wars are crimes, right? Yes. <laughs> like, oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, you know. Uh, so, but yes, that I I love. Yeah, a couple things. I love that scene because it it is a, a perfect example of Obi Wan putting on the charm and being sassy and like. Uh, it's it's excellent. I love how immediate, like, uh, General Loathsome is like, no Jedi tricks, no funny business, and, and Obi Wan's like, no, of course not. And then they just like immediately, like immediately falls for it. Yeah, he like immediately like, does a Jedi mind trick, like, or like at least like just. I don't even know if he needs one. He just like talks him into it. Yeah, I, I yeah, I don't I don't think he needed a Jedi mind trick for this. And he was just being his his usual like charming self and was like no i'm let's negotiate the surrender hey do you want you want some tea you want a drink you, let's sit down let's chat and he, man you're great and he, he like force <laughs> like levitates like some rubble that perfectly like is like a conference table and two chairs <laughs> yeah. like, they're just exactly. rocks shaped like a conference table and two chairs but it's just it's excellent it's great yeah so that's a great scene um and then uh what was the other thing that, that just happened right before that? oh right they they got under the <laughs> they got under the 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 ray shields uh, by Metal Gear Soliding their way underneath in a, in a, in a box. Like, <laughs> I was thinking of uh, Pirates of the Caribbean when they're in like the, uh, yes, the upside like, down boat. The boat. Yeah. Yes, that too. Yeah. yeah. So Anakin and the Soho are just hiding underneath this like large box and the droids just like they trip on it and then start walking around it and don't even like like there's a box here. We'll just keep walking by. And like Anakin and the Soho yeah. are just like talking at like normal volume like underneath this <laughs> yeah. box and no one notices. <laughs> Yes, oh, it's amazing. Mm. There, oh, there are so many good, <laughs> like, one of the things I, I I love about the Clone Wars is how much they decide to go silly with the the uh, with the battle droids. Like, they were they were kind of silly in the in the movies, but I feel like in the Clone Wars they they like really play up the kind of the humor and the slapstick of these yes. <laughs> these guys. It's and it's excellent. Like, I, I know some people are like not into it because of how silly it is, but I I think it's super fun. Yeah. I love it. I like it because um, it's silly. Exactly. Yeah. There's uh, there's one moment later on <laughs> that I love that's uh, just like going with that. Uh, there's a moment when Rex and like I think one other clone are like facing off against a bunch of uh, battle droids and they're basically surrounded and. <laughs> and Rex yells, "We've got you outnumbered!" And one of the droids is like, "What? What do you mean?" And then he starts counting the droids and he goes, "One." two three <laughs> and, and then a ship comes in and blows them all up yeah. <laughs> i love that moment of like like rex just you know, it's, it's it's like the, the the classic star trek episode where he like they uh what's that episode where where like uh he says something like this statement is false or something and it, it causes a robot to like short circuit or something <laughs> like anyway. anyway yeah i just <laughs> thought that was funny that like a, we got a cool Rex moment there, and B, we got a funny <laughs> battle droids moment. Yeah, I love it. Anyway, I love it. Yeah. Um, we did. Uh, I think I don't remember. It doesn't say it in the this. We missed a Wilhelm scream. There was one Wilhelm scream at mm. the beginning of. I think one of the clones like got their hand shot off, and we heard kind of like a muffled Wilhelm scream. Mm-hmm. Was at least I feel like so I didn't I didn't notice any Wilhelm screams or at least in the style of Wilhelm. Yes, scream. so I, I I didn't notice any Wilhelm screams like. While I was like, I I wasn't really actively paying attention to it exactly because I, I was kind of I'm tired today. Sure. <laughs> but um, I I did hear one early on that there was a clone, but I think it 
it sounded like somebody doing like an impression of the Wilhelm scream more than it was like an actual Wilhelm scream yeah. sound effect. But do we count that? But because it definitely uh, sounded oh. like like a it, at the very least an homage to Wilhelm scream, if not like a distorted one. Sure, sure, yeah. Um, no, I, I, I will. I'll look it up online. I'm pretty sure Wikipedia has an actual page of like here's all the the Wilhelm screams and all the things. Sensational. Um, so I, I will look that up and hopefully find that out. But great. Uh, yeah. Anyway, shall we move on? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So Obi Wan just uh, stalled by doing a fake surrender with generalism. Soon after the final victory for the Republic on Christophsis. Master Yoda arrives with the urgent message that a mysterious group of renegades has kidnapped Jabba's son, and it's up to Annika, Anakin, Ahsoka, Rex, and the clones to rescue him and bring him back home safely. Obi-Wan flies to Tatooine to, to assure Jabba that Rada will be returned safely and secure a promise by the Huts to use their trading routes for safe passage within the Outer Rim. After briefing in a Republic flagship, Anakin's forces descend through the clouds of the jungle planet of Teth, for one of the many natural stone pillars which litter the landscape. Under heavy fire, Anakin, Ahsoka, and Rex storm the monastery atop the pillar to find Rada, who has gotten sick, only to be caught in an elaborate trap. Count Dooku has staged the kidnapping himself in order to blacklist the Jedi among the huts. First, he has the Jedi retrieve the young hut to secure fake evidence, and then Asajj Ventress, as the overseer of the operation, is charged with either retrieving or killing the young hutlet. I love that they call it a hutlet the entire time. Yeah, it's adorable. Yeah, a hutlet. It is adorable. Sounds like a delicious treat. It is a delicious treat. <laughs> Let's little... get some hutlets before, you know, as an appetizer. A yummy, stinky <laughs> treat. Mmm, <laughs> stinky. Mmm, stinky. Yep, so, uh, yeah, this whole, this whole, like, them trying to, like, rescue Jabba the Hutt's son is just, like, a... They're, they're kind of like, it's Dooku playing both sides. He's like, he faked this. He kidnapped Jabba's son uh, and then framed the Jedi for it and then tried to, like, kill the Jedi while they were trying to, like, actually trying to, like, rescue the son that Dooku had kidnapped. And it's a lot of, like, yeah. like double... Treachery. Yeah, treachery and that kind of thing. It's like, which is the way of the Sith? And this is, like, it's kind of like a microcosm of the whole, like uh prequel trilogy clone war thing is like this is yeah, like yeah. that's Playing what both sides that's what Dooku and Palpatine yeah. are doing with the separatists and the republic the entire clone wars is just on a smaller scale jedi versus separatists who's going to like save the little mm. hut when it was really just Dooku doing the whole thing puppet mastering behind the scenes the entire time yeah yep and uh surprise surprise it doesn't exactly work out the way he planned well, so moving on while uh, while quarreling all the while about the proper procedure yet slowly gaining respect for one another Anakin and Ahsoka manage to escape the trap along with R2-D2 and hijack a derelict transport which they use to travel to Tatooine. Ahsoka uses medicine on board to treat the sick hutlet Obi-Wan alerted, alerted by Anakin arrives just in time to relieve Rex and the rest of his forces and engages Ventress in combat, where she man where he manages to defeat her, though Ventress flees in the face of capture. In the meantime, Senator Amidala learns of Anakin's mission. Worried about him, she decides to contact Jabba's uncle, Zero the Hut, who lives in a shady part of Coruscant. <clears throat> Which Zero the Hut is an absurd character that we see a bunch in the Clone yes. Wars. Uh how yeah. Jack, how would you describe Zero the Hut? Uh He's a, a a gangster with a very particular way of speaking. I think he he's supposed to sound like um, Truman Capote, I believe. Really? <laughs> Is yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, but yeah, he, he's he's very kind of like silly and like slimy and selfish and very like you know he's like he, he talks a big talk, but then when he's he's put into a corner, he, he immediately becomes cowardly. Yeah. You know? That kind of character, and um, he's, he's the he's old, a big old, he's a big old purple job of the hut with yeah. like a lisp, basically with a lisp and like face tattoos. Yeah, yeah, and like lives in like a speakeasy, like that's his hideout is a speakeasy on Coruscant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, mm -hmm. yeah, very, very silly character. 
Um, he's also, I think, the only hut that speaks basic and doesn't just speak yeah, Huttese full time. Yeah, any other huts speak non Huttese. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, because I mean, he he definitely he like he speaks Huttese when he's speaking to Jabba the Hut, and we don't get subtitles, but you can tell yes. that Jabba's just chewing him out. Um, but mm-hmm. like, yeah, he's the only one that like speaks basic, which is just Star Wars for English. But England doesn't exist in Star Indeed. Wars, so it's basic. So, yeah. yep. All right. It's from basic land. Yep, from basic land. That's right. So, where are we at? Here we are. So, uh, the hut, the hut strangely refuses to cooperate, and soon Padme finds out finds out why Zero has actually conspired with Dooku to engineer the downfall of his nephew to seize power over the hut clans for himself. Padme is discovered and detained, but a chance call by C three PO enables her to summon help, and Zero is soon arrested by the Coruscant Guard. Upon arrival on Tatooine, Anakin and Ahsoka are attacked by Magna Guards, which Magna Guards are like the the robots that General Grievous has in Episode Three. Um, yeah, they've got the the electro stick thing. Yeah, and they, yeah, they're like tall battle droids with capes, and they got the purple sticks. Um, they are, they are cool looking. They are very cool. They're very cool. Uh, faced with a long way across the desert sands and relentless opponents, Anakin devises a ruse. When Dooku corners Anakin, the pack he is carrying which allegedly has uh, the baby hut, is revealed to contain merely rocks, and Ahsoka and R2-D2 travel with Rata to Jabba's palace unmolested, but as the, but just as they near it, Ahsoka is ambushed by three Magna Guards, whom she narrowly defeats. But as Anakin and Ahsoka enter the palace one after another, they are threatened with execution by Jabba's men, even though Rata is safely returned. Padme calls just in time to convince Jabba of his uncle's duplicity, while Anakin and Ahsoka are triumphantly retrieved by Obi-Wan, Yoda, Cody, and the clones. And that, my friends, is the movie. That's it. Yay! That's the whole thing. So yeah. Jack, did you have a favorite part of this movie? What was your favorite part? Um, good question. Uh, and this movie's kind of all over the place, isn't it? It's It's super all over the place. Yeah. So, for, for a little background, um, this was if if you hadn't if you didn't know if you hadn't noticed um this movie is basically just an arc of the Clone Wars that they condensed together into a movie and released theatrically. This was and it very much felt that way. It I'm, very I'm, much felt like three episodes of television played back to back. Yeah, without like it did credits. not. Yeah, it did not feel like a one big movie with a with like one character arc or one story arc. You know. Yeah. Um, it's very much it just three episodes bad, of television. But it, yeah. yeah, it just it definitely doesn't feel like it should have been, like, it, it was received not well critically, and I think there are a few reasons for that. One is that, like, just visually, this movie doesn't look amazing compared to most of its, like, contemporaries in, in terms of, like, theatrically released animated movies. Like, for reference, this movie came out the same year that WALL-E did. And like oh, wow. think about how Wally looks and compare that to how this movie looks. <laughs> and it's oh, like man. Yeah. you know, but like, you know, you can't like to an extent, you really can't blame them because A, this is like, you know, I think this is one of Lucasfilm Animation's like first things that they were doing. So they were pretty like early days and, and you know, they didn't have a lot of experience in the same way that like Pixar had this pedigree behind it already, for mm-hmm. example. Um and also they were making this for television not for theaters and yet they released it in theaters you know so it, it, yeah. it's like you know so you, you got to give them credit work work credit oh sure too, yeah um yeah but um i mean watching it on disney plus like this is fine but like i would not like i would not put it in the same camp as wally or like shrek yeah, exactly or yeah, something the, like, like like visually speaking like i mean there are definitely some beautiful shots in this in this movie like there's a moment kind of near the end when they're on Tatooine and uh, Ahsoka and Anakin are, are talking right before they like kind of split up. And there's a, a shot of them like silhouetted against the sun. That's really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think there's a lot of great like backgrounds, like kind of painted backgrounds that they yeah. use like for cloudscapes and stuff. They're really beautiful. And there's also some, some like some scenes where they use like a lot of kind of dark shadows and stuff. And like, really interesting lighting in ways that you don't typically see in the rest of the Clone Wars series for the most part, at least not until the later ones. Um, so there, there are ways in which I think this movie feels sort of more cinematic than a lot of the Clone Wars episodes that we get later. Sure. Um, but uh, yeah, I think overall it definitely feels like like early 
CG. You know, yeah, like, it, like, it, it, it definitely <laughs> it looks it looks like a it looks like a smoothed out N sixty four game. Is kind of what it is kind <laughs> of the vibe. Sometimes. Yeah, there are moments. Yeah, the, the the animations at this point are are very stiff and like stilted and and, and like especially during like the lightsaber fights, it's very like kind of you know, darting from one pose to another rather than being sort of more flowy, which like that's kind of that's a, I think partially a stylistic choice, but also it, it just it feels sort of unfinished, especially compared to like later, like yeah. later seasons of the show. Um, yeah, there, there, are, <laughs> there are moments when I was like, this looks like either a like a PS2 video game cutscene or like an episode of VeggieTales. It, it's, it's just very like <laughs> it does give it does give VeggieTales. Yeah, yeah. There there are moments when it's like it looks like <laughs> like you can tell that it's CG. It's like yeah. Oh, this doesn't this this feels like this is an animatic phase and not in like ready to be released into the theaters phase. Yeah. Which again, like you know, I don't blame them for like you know it. This this movie does a lot well, especially considering how like this was essentially a pilot episode for a television show. Yeah, with a like a giant budget and a team who had a lot of pressure on them, I'm sure. And yeah, you know, so it's like there's a lot to admire about this, regardless. Um, for sure. I'm look so I I pulled up the the Wikipedia article just out of curiosity to kind of you know get kind of the story together um, about how the how this came through. But like I'll I'll just read a little bit from the the wikipedia article about the development of this thing it says um star wars the clone wars was designed to serve as both a standalone story and a lead-in to the weekly animated tv series of the same name george lucas had the idea for a film after viewing some of the already completed footage on the big screen warner bros had tracked the series development from the beginning and lucas decided on a theatrical launch after viewing some footage and decided quote this is so beautiful why don't we just go and use the crew and make a feature end quote <laughs> lucas described the film as Almost an afterthought. Oops. <laughs> and then it says, Howard, Howard Rothman, president of Lucas Licensing, said of the decision, quote, sometimes George works in strange ways. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, it's it's definitely a, a very, like, they were not prepared to, like, release this in the no. theaters initially. George was just like, yeah, let's, let's just throw it, you know, that, this seems cool. Let's do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, uh, anyway, so you asked what my favorite part was. <laughs> I did. That's where this turned. I did. Um, I think that my favorite part of this is honestly, like, I think that the main, it's, it's the main reason to watch this movie, which is to see the, the beginnings of the relationship between Anakin and Ahsoka. For sure. Um, I like seeing the, uh, I mean, it, it happens very quickly, but I, I like the fact that we get to see, uh, you know, their relationship evolved from Anakin wanting nothing to do with her and being very annoyed with her to being like, you know what, I, I think I'm, I'm warming up to this and I, I actually think I like the idea of being a teacher. And yeah, so it, it's cool to get to see the beginnings of this relationship that ends up being largely the crux of this show, of this series. Right. Um, yeah, so I would say that that's probably my favorite part of it. Um, what about you, Sam? Um, my, on, a, on a much less serious note, I think my favorite little little thing from mm -hmm. this there was like there was like a stretch of scenes where because like ahsoka had been carrying uh the baby head we'll call him stinky because that's what ahsoka calls him stinky ahsoka had been yes. carrying stinky like for most of the episode and then when they're when they get close to like finding a ship i think she just gets tired mm -hmm. of carrying him and like she's been carrying him in a backpack and she just straps the backpack mm -hmm. to r2d2 and r2d2 kind <laughs> yes. of just becomes like an automated stroller and i thought that was yeah, hilarious yeah. I loved that. But I loved seeing that. I was like, "Oh, R 2s walking around with the baby Bjorn on his, his <laughs> chest." Like, that was excellent. That, that was, was amazing. My like, aside from like, obviously, yes. Like, objectively, the, like the reason to watch this is to like see Anakin meet Ahsoka and like the beginning of the relationship. Mm -hmm. But that was like, yes. I love dumb, funny Star Wars, and that was like oh, peak dumb, yes, funny yes, Star Wars. Absolutely. Other than like the the battle yeah. droid counting one, two, three, <laughs> and getting blown up. <laughs> Yeah, that was amazing. Yeah. yeah, peak like Clone Wars is like where I go for peak dumb funny Star Wars, and like it, it's it's great. I love it. It's good. It is. Like, there's great yes. storytelling, but then just like jokes written for seven year olds, and I'm a seven yes. year old at heart, so it's great. Aren't we all? Aren't we all? Aren't we all? The, only the best of us are. Mm. <laughs> yeah, uh, agreed. Yes, I I love that. 
Um, one of the things I wanted to mention is, uh, interestingly, uh, the this is the one. First of all, this is this is the the first thing of the Clone Wars that people got to see. Um, and interestingly, because they decided to release it theatrically, um, I'll read from the Wikipedia article. Uh, when it was decided to produce the film, Lucasfilm contacted all the major film Star Wars actors to see who was interested in voicing their characters for the Clone Wars. In the end, Anthony Daniels, Matthew Wood, who is the uh, the droids, I believe, Christopher Lee, and Samuel L. Jackson returned to voice their respective characters. So this is the only instance in the Clone Wars when we when Samuel L. Jackson and Christopher Lee uh, reprised their roles in animation. I thought so. that sounded like Christopher Lee. I was like, I could like I couldn't remember like what Clone Wars mm. Dooku sounds like, but it was like that yeah, yeah. just sounds like. That sounds like Christopher Lee, but like, there's no way they got him for yeah. this. Wow, this is actually getting doing a good job of sounding like Christopher Lee. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, because it's Christopher Lee. That's beautiful. And I thought, I thought it was, I thought it was Samuel Jackson too. But that's awesome. Um, mm-hmm. Who was the? So it was Matthew Wood. Who's Matthew yeah. Wood? He he plays the uh, the battle droids, I believe. Oh, okay, great. Yeah, noise. Jack, who do you think is your? Or do you have someone else? I was reading through Matthew Wood's Wikipedia article. <laughs> it says, um, <laughs> yeah, so he, he's a, a supervising sound editor uh, at, or was at least at one point, at Skywalker Sound. Um, he, let's see, uh, he created the Geonosian language. That's cool. Wow. Um, he voiced the uh, the battle droids and attacked the clones in the Clone Wars. Um He's also the voice of General Grievous. Oh, so, that's cool. That is cool. Um, I like yeah. that. Anyway, Matthew Wood, shout out to him. Thanks, Matthew Wood. Thanks, Matthew Wood. You seem cool. Nice, Jack. Did you have an MVP for this episode? Uh, it's gotta be Stinky. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh come on, Stinky, who sat around and cried and almost died. Almost and... died. <laughs> Oops. Um. Uh, I guess. I don't know, Ahsoka, I guess, because because I don't know, he's she she uh she came into her own a little bit, you know, she, you know, there are moments when she's like, uh, you know, she she makes some mistakes, but she learns, and you know, we get to see kind of the beginnings of, you know, Ahsoka like at, when when at the beginning of this movie she comes in, she's very kind of like bold and and arrogant, you know, she, she's she's a kid who's like, you know doing her first kind of big job and she's like she wants to be impressive and so she's being cocky about it um and then she she messes up a couple times but then she kind of learns a bit of humility and and at the same time Anakin learns a little bit of humility humility you know they like they kind of they bounce each other out a little bit mm. they're good partners in that way yeah um but yeah I, I think it, it was just cool to see Ahsoka like in the beginnings of her time as a Padawan and get to kind of mature and come into her own at least a little bit you know yeah so i, I guess i guess it's okay sweet um, my my only other like thought would be uh maybe rex just because rex is great and rex he's great. yeah he does he, he he seems like he's doing a great job the whole time <laughs> yeah i'm i feel like every opportunity i get to give rex mvp i'm just be like you know what rex should get mvp because <laughs> rex is great yeah i um, love rex anyway i want to say C-3PO. Oh, yeah. No, that's... that's, that's C-3PO uh, called, like, phoning in while Padme was in the dungeon. And so C-3PO and Padme, kind of, but I want to give it to C-3PO just because C-3PO was to this movie what that one random rat in the storage unit was to Ant-Man in Endgame. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, C-3PO accidentally saved the world. Like, <laughs> yes. Accidentally saves Padme and 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 saves <laughs> allows the the agreement to go through with the huts. Like yeah, so that if, so that the Republic can use those hyperspace lanes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's all down to C-3PO. If C-3PO hadn't called at that specific times. Yeah. Yeah. It's like yeah, C-3PO accidentally saves the day in the same way that that Jar Jar accidentally ruins everything <laughs> for everybody by granting emergency powers to the Chancellor. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, that, that that's a reasonable MVP. Okay. That's, that's okay. good. I also wanted to give it to uh, Baby Bjorn R2-D2, but... <laughs> yes. That might make good cover art. <laughs> yes, definitely. I'll see if I can find a picture I of that. I think that's a good idea. Yeah. Oh, um, by the way, I did look up uh, Zero the Hut on Wikipedia, and I, I was correct in what I remembered about about that. Um, it said, uh, 
George Lucas stepped in and specifically asked for Zero to sound like Shroom Capote. Nice. So that was George Lucas's idea. Okay. Yeah. yeah. There we go. That's hilarious. That like George Lucas, who like came up with Jabba the Hutt and Hutties and all that, just like you know what, make Shroom Capote. Let's a make hut. him sound completely different. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Well, uh, we've kind of already said how this makes it better Star Wars. Uh, this episode really just introduces us to Ahsoka within the context of Clone Wars. Um, we've already kind of, we met infant Ahsoka, now we get uh, Padawan Ahsoka. I uh, get to meet their relationship, and Ahsoka is arguably, like, the most important character in new Star Wars. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. Yeah. At least in, in the Filoni-verse, for sure, she's the most important character. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's also interesting to think back to, like, like, you know, imagining you know, what it was like back in 2008 when people first saw this movie and, and knew that there were, this series was happening and learning that Anakin was getting a Padawan and that it was going to be this young girl and then they see this movie and she's kind of sassy and, like, you know, I I get why there was a kind of backlash against her from the beginning. Yeah. Like, like pre- pretty, like, infamously, like, people did not receive Ahsoka well at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, but then just as the Clone Wars went on and the show got better and the, and the writing got better we learned more about ahsoka and she just eventually became this integral part of the star wars universe and people really grew to love her and now she's one of the most beloved characters in star wars so like yeah that's that's just a cool kind of arc there like you know i i imagine it, it couldn't have been easy at the beginning especially for like like ashley Eckstein to be coming into this fandom and oh, sure into this universe and, and voicing a character who is so like pretty much universally like maybe hated but just like disliked or like people found her annoying for a while and like um yeah it but just to 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 know that it got better and now like man everybody loves ahsoka so it's amazing so good the best and we have this this film to thank for it so we do yeah i'd I'd say ahsoka is probably like my favorite jedi like in or at least my favorite force user in star wars is ahsoka um Just in terms yeah, of like, I love yeah, like 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 who she is as a like how principled she is as an individual, and just like how compassionate and um, I don't know. She's also just like yeah. one of the most fun characters to watch in all of Star Wars. Yes, yeah, she's fun, and she's also like, yeah, she she's what you would hope a Jedi would be, right? At least eventually she is. You know, that's what she grows into. Is like like you said, she's compassionate and she has convictions that she sticks to and um yeah like eventually when you know in in one of my favorite like pieces of television ever is the arc at the end of season five uh when uh ahsoka is banished from the order and then invited back in and she decides not to come back Mm -hmm. like that to me is a it's an interesting like i don't think this is part of the the purpose of ahsoka's character largely but like the fact that uh, we get to see Anakin and Ahsoka respond to their frustrations with the Order in different ways. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, obviously Anakin, you know, gives into the dark side and, and goes full Sith and murders a bunch of people. Yeah. <laughs> and Ahsoka has also has frustrations with the Order and, you know, decides like, you know what, maybe I just need to take a break from this. Maybe, I, maybe this isn't what I thought it was. And, you know, rather than you know, lashing out, she decides to go and figure things out for herself and, and be like, you know, what does this, what do, what do I, like, she sticks to her convictions regardless, you know? Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I agree. I think that's, Ahsoka's a, a great character, and, um, yeah. Yeah, I, I, Thank I you think. for this, this character. Yeah, <laughs> and I think, I think Ahsoka is also kind of like, um, what if Qui-Gon hadn't died? Like, I think that, like, Qui-Gon was probably going to become a similar kind of Jedi to... Yeah, yeah. To they, they both have, like... Yeah. They're both very, like, wise and principled and are willing to kind of bend the rules for the sake of their principles and what they believe to be mm-hmm. to be right, you know? They're, they're not afraid to be, like... Like, to stand up against the institution and be like, yeah, no, um, I think you're you're messing this up. This isn't, this isn't correct. Like, right. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're obedient to the institution when the institution is, is fine doing good, but there's 
but they're not afraid mm-hmm. to call out the corruption in the institution itself and to even like yeah. distance themselves from the institution. I don't think Qui-Gon never got that far, but I imagine if Qui-Gon had been around in the Clone Wars, he, he definitely would have, I think. Yeah. And it, yeah, that's, I think that's a, a kind of a recurring thing we get throughout the Clone Wars is we see a lot of different responses to the corruption or the, the, the flaws of the Jedi Order and, you know, how people decide to respond to that. There, you know, there's people like, you know, like Ahsoka who decides to kind of just leave peacefully and figure things out for herself and, and live according to her principles and basically be a Jedi, but like in, but just outside the Order. Yeah. Um, and then there's obviously this Anakin who uh, goes full Sith, so that's fun. Um, Super fun. <laughs> and uh, we see also like like Obi Wan. We we get hints of him being like like uh, I think at one point in the Clone Wars when he's talking to Satine, he's like, "If you had said the word, I would have left the Jedi Order to be with you." Yeah, that kind of thing. So like, you no, know, even Obi Wan who we see is kind of like you know I mean he you know he's he's sassy and he he bends the rules too like. But he, we see him as, as like he mostly follows the rules and follows like at least in the Anakin Obi Wan dynamic, he's the one who follows the rules the most and is like, no, we have to do what the Jedi Council says, kind of thing. Yeah. But even he's like not perfect or or doesn't see the you know his place in the Jedi Order as like a perfect situation, you know. Yeah. Um, and then of course we get people like um, like General Krell, who like the li- the literal worst. Yeah, the literal worst who like just decides to like you know, take advantage of the situation for the sake of, like, creating chaos, essentially. Like, yeah. he just wants to, he wants to watch the world burn, basically. He's like, you know what? The Jedi are corrupt, and this war is terrible, and war is terrible, and, uh, you know what? Screw it all. <laughs> Let's just kill each other. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah, so I I, I think, yeah, that, that's one of the, the strengths and one of the, the kind of recurring interesting aspect of the Clone Wars is getting to see all the different ways in which people respond to corruption, respond to the need for change. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Star Wars. Star Wars. More Star Wars is better Star Wars. Agreed. And I love just how everything is, is just, it's tied together and kind of, there's, there's definitely like a, like the more you watch Star Wars, the more you realize that there is a cohesive philosophy behind what's going on. Um, and that just, the, that's just a testament to, the world building of George Lucas and uh, Dave Filoni after him of just how definitely yeah I don't know it's just I love it love Star yeah, Wars agreed 100% yep I do like Star Wars we should start a podcast about it Ooh, I think that'd be a good idea. there's so much content to talk about with Star Wars we would never <laughs> so run like, out like almost like like I wouldn't even say it's it's limited at all I, I say it, maybe it's dare say it's unlimited Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, man. Um, Jack, any closing thoughts about this, um, this movie of Star Wars? Uh, I don't think so, except, uh, well, this isn't all related to the movie, but uh, if you hadn't noticed, guys, uh, Sam made a cool new logo for our podcast. Oh, yeah. The, uh, the, co- the cover art for our podcast is, is updated and the logo looks super cool. It's got this like this font that looks kind of like Arabesh and it's it's neat. I like it. Do a good job on that. Thanks, Jack. Yeah, uh, this would probably be the third episode that we see this new cover art, but the first one since me designing it that you get to see the new cover art because we are uh, recording. We will release the episode the week after we record it is kind of how it goes. So yeah. you hear episodes two, basically two weeks after we record it. Is kind of how it works. Yeah. So like, right. Yeah. So in like, so today's Monday. So in a couple days, I will, we'll be releasing the episode that we recorded last week, basically, which is, is better for me because I feel like it puts less pressure on me for to be like, oh, I I have two days to edit this thing and I have to get it out right away kind of thing. Yes. Whereas now it's like, oh, I I have a week to get through this if I want to. Correct. So that's been helpful. Um, And we appreciate all that you do, Jack, for the editing of the podcast. It is so much work. I don't know if I could do it. I wish I would I would help if I could, but I can't. Which is why I do the album art, well, and I usually like yeah. type up the script and stuff. But like, I do what I can. Yeah, no. yeah you you do plenty. It's great, and, I, and I'm also getting better at like being more efficient with the editing process. Like I've gotten to a point where I can get through it more quickly than I could before. So 
I'm also like trying to be less perfectionist about it. For sure. For <laughs> be sure. like, you know what? This is something we're doing for fun. It doesn't have to be amazing. Yes. You know, so. Although it is yeah. amazing because it's us, Jack, and we're amazing. Yeah, that it is. We're amazing. We are. We amazing. We, are, we have unlimited amazingness <laughs> between uh, the two. Unlimited of us. charm and handsomeness and all you oh. can want. Mm. I guess you're right. I know. Yeah, I'll take that. Yes. <laughs> Um, all right um thank you all for joining us what are we talking about next week jack next week we're getting back into the clone wars television series classic uh we're jumping forward to season three actually season three episode one clone cadets which that's a great episode i'm excited to i think i remember that one that was uh that that was a good one yeah yeah yes it'll be a good one this Um, one yeah that's a good one yeah so i'm I'm excited to, to talk about that one and then after that uh we'll actually uh, be doing another Tales of the Jedi episode. Wait, really? We're getting already. We're, we're gonna, yeah. So yeah, we're gonna be watching Practice Makes Perfect, which <gasps> is the one with with Ahsoka, with Anakin training Ahsoka. Which is interesting. The fact that we're getting this so early on. Like, I, I guess I, I forgot that that episode of Tales of the Jedi takes place so early on in the Clone Wars. Yeah. So that's a really good episode yeah. of Tales of the Jedi. I'm excited. We get to watch that in two weeks. Heck yeah! yeah or, agreed. And then after that, we have like months of just the Clone Wars. So yeah, and it's it's basically <laughs> um, just kind of in order from there on out. Like we're watching just season one, like cover to cover, basically. Yeah, for the most part. Yeah, it jumps around a little bit. Like um, yeah. So like there there's one that's like uh an arc where it's like season three episode eight, then season one episode twenty two, and then season three episode nine. Oh yeah, I'm seeing like, that. That's not until like yeah, Thanksgiving. For the most part, so. it'll be yeah, yeah, it'll be a while. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, for the most part, we get to we'll be watching things in in order of, of of how they're listed on Disney Plus and whatnot. So speaking of which, it was was it hard for you to find Star Wars The Clone Wars on, it on was. Disney Plus? I, I had, which is weird. I basically just had to go into the search bar and that's the only way I could find it. Same, same, yeah. I was like, surely this will be easy to find. Like I, I thought it would be like in my like suggestions yeah. on the homepage and I was like, oh it's not there. Okay, then I guess I'll I'll go to the I like scrolled down and I found like Star Wars in all Star Wars in chronological order, and it had everything except the Clone Wars movie. <laughs> it had the Clone Wars series, but they didn't include the movie in there. Oops. So I was like, okay. So then I went to the Star Wars like homepage area, and I scrolled through that whole thing and didn't find the movie. And I was just like, <laughs> so then I just ultimately had to search for it. I was like, they really don't want us watching this this movie. Apparently, <laughs> dang the heck. Yeah, what the heck? It's not that bad. Like, geez. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Uh, thanks for joining me again, Sam. This was fun, as usual. As I always you... enjoy our, our chats. Yes, so good. Yeah. By the time you hear us next, we will have gotten a lot further through Tears of the Kingdom, most likely, so we'll probably hear more of that yes. next week. Um, Indeed. Yeah. We love, we love, we love, we love Zelda. We love, we, that's all we do is we love, we unlimited love. Unlimited, <laughs> unlimited love. love here on Zelda's. Unlimited Content. Yes. Uh, I am going to go play some more Zelda, I think. Uh, I'm going to go say hi to my wife and then play more Zelda. That's probably what I'm going to do. Excellent. I will not say to my, hi to my wife because I, I don't have one. Just work but, on that. You know, Come on, Jack. I have Zelda, so that's that's probably enough. <laughs> 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 All right, dude. All right. Uh, yeah. Love you, brother. Love you, brother. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We will see you next time, and may the Force be with you all. Bye. Bye. All right. Cut the chatter. Roger, Roger. <laughs>